This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. There are the cutest teddy bears being made locally, which not only create jobs, but also much-needed awareness for rare diseases, South Africa. The Rare Bear Project is all about supporting their community, from providing support to their rare families, to creating jobs and income-generating opportunities to the women of Kaya Sands. 100% of their income goes straight back into the project. Megan Tony Hunter has joined me in studio this morning to chat more about the incredible project and rare diseases in South Africa. Megan, great to have you at the Good Things Guy show. Thank you so much, friend. It's really cool having you in my studio. Obviously, you and I have had a a journey over the last couple of years where Good Things Guy has reported on a couple of stories about your life story. Why rare diseases? Why, Why is this so close to your heart? So 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with a rare disease myself. I was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis, and it was quite a journey to get to the actual diagnosis because it's a rare disease. Your regular doctors don't know what it is. So I was told I had an eating disorder. Then it was all in my mind, and I was making this up. So it's always been something on my heart to create more awareness. And then when I found out about rare disease in South Africa, I knew I had to join when we were living in Natal, I was volunteering for them. Then when we moved here, I just snowballed Kelly and asked to be a part of it. What is MG? Simply put, it's a, my body hates myself. <laughs> um, so the message between my nerves and my mus- muscles gets blocked by my body. So I'll know that I have to swallow, but my body won't allow me to. Or I'll know I have to get up off the floor and I just can't lift myself up. Yeah, And the, the diagnosis, you said, took a long time to, for them to figure out, the doctors to figure out what exactly it was. I mean, what was that process like? It was terrible because they keep telling you that it's psychosomatic. So then you begin to think, well, am I just making this up? Like, is it just all in my head? It took a couple of months. And eventually when we got in to see the neurologist, it was 15 minutes and she had diagnosed me. Is, it, is that a case of right person, right time? Absolutely. Like they knew perhaps they'd dealt with MG before, so they, they'd known about it and that's why they could put two and two together. Yeah, yeah. So the regular GP hadn't seen it before, um, so he had no idea. And then the neurologist, she had actually have, had a patient pass away from it the day before. So it was very fresh in her mind. And that was the first thing she said to us, if you had left it any longer, you would have died. And that was like, <gasps> wow. <laughs> it's incredibly harrowing. What did it feel like when you'd gotten to the point where somebody had eventually figured this out? It must have just felt like a weight off of your shoulders. Yeah, it was amazing. It was scary because we didn't know a lot about the condition, but to finally have a name to put to it, it it was the best feeling in the world. It's kind of like um, the universe going, Megan, you're not mad. (laughs) Um, Well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and the process from there, uh, the treatments, what has that been like? It's been a tough road. So I've been on constant medication since my diagnosis. At one point, I was taking over 60 tablets a day. I've been admitted into hospital. I had a thymectomy, which is when they open up your whole chest. I've been on chemotherapy, plasmapheresis, 
And then about two, three years ago, it developed into the refractory form, which means I didn't respond to treatment. So I had permanent lines in my chest, my little talking to alien ports, as I like to call them. And I was in hospital every month for a week at a time. And I was just getting worse and worse and going down. I couldn't do basic tasks. I couldn't eat at nighttime because I couldn't swallow. I couldn't speak because I was slurring the whole time. I just, I was exhausted. And then beginning of this year, I had a stem cell transplant, which was a trial treatment, and it seems to have worked. Well, you're here today, (laughs) and and you're in the studio, and you're looking better than ever. Um, It's such an honor to have you in studio and and just to be chatting to you. Thank you. Megan and I met uh, a couple of years ago when... um, She'd been standing in a chemist in a line picking up your meds, I I would guess. And at the time, you were severely ill and you had to wear not a uh, A medical mask. mask. Is it a medical mask? Yeah. It's that one that covers your nose and your mouth, basically. So it's not a mask for your whole face. It's just (laughs) nose and mouth were were covered. And because you're a lovely lady and you wanted to still feel pretty, you had one specifically made for you. Yeah, so there's a company called Vogue Masks that makes like pretty ones and with patterns and all sorts. So I had one of those. You had one of those and it was quite colorful and quite bright. And while you were standing in the queue, and we'd reported on the story, but while you were standing in the queue, there was a mother and daughter who were laughing? Yeah, they were standing right in front of me. And it's, I was always self-conscious going out in the mask anyway, because people would automatically do like a double take. And while I was in this line, the daughter looked back and she saw me and then like nudged her mum and they both turned around and they started laughing. And then the daughter said, does she think that she's cool or something? As if the mask was going to prevent me from hearing them too. And just the whole time we were in the line, they kept having these little comments. And then when I got, when I got to the front, the guy was so apologetic and he was like, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. But yeah. And then the reason why we reported on it is because you wrote the most amazing piece, just reminding the world that people are different and kindness, uh, you need to spread that stuff like confetti. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Rare Diseases South Africa, you then got involved with them. Yes. Uh, and you worked at the offices for a bit, yeah? Yeah. What is Rare Diseases South Africa? So it's a patient support. We provide support for patients. We help to give them the power to go out there and fight for themselves, to be able to go to a doctor and know about their condition, to be able to say, I need this treatment, to be able to go to your medical aid and say, why aren't you paying for this? What's going on? We've actually recently launched something called Rare Assist, which is for rare disease patients specifically to fight with medical aids for things that aren't being paid for that actually should be. And we've saved them over 400,000 rand so far this year. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really, I mean, pat on the back. Rare diseases in South Africa, what, what sort of percentage are you looking at? If you, if you look at, I don't know, the population and how many people suffer from a rare disease. So there's over 7,000 rare diseases. So there's a saying that says individually rare, collectively common. And if you were to put together all the AIDS and cancer patients in the world, they would be more rare disease patients. So there's a lot of us, but because there's so many different ones and some of them are super rare, like there are two people in the whole world that have ever had some. With MG, what is the percentage there? I think it's about one in 50,000 people. So it's one of our more common rare diseases. Okay. Yeah. And and 
being part of the rare diseases South Africa community, have you found a community? Is is there people that support you and, and sort of have helped you through your disease? Absolutely. It's so wonderful having people that understand. And like when you say, I'm tired, they're not like, yeah, yeah we know. We, we only slept for six hours last night. Like they just, they know what it's like to be sick and not to be your society's normal. And they're there for you on the good and the bad days. They celebrate with you. They cry with you. It's just, it's the best feeling in the world. I'm happy that you're <laughs> happy and I can see it. With regards to your stem cell uh, operation mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, you mentioned medical aids and not wanting to pay. And this is where we featured you again <laughs> on Good Things Guy. Because um, your medical aid didn't want to pay. No. For the operation. No. So what was the, the next step? It was flippin' scary because it's never been done in South Africa. It's only been done in Canada, and they've only done it on 20 people. And 11 of those people didn't survive. So, yeah. Quite I, d- I didn't stats. know the odds were like that. Yeah. So it was either you go into remission or you die. So it, it's not just, oh, well, it might work. And if not, then we try the next thing. So I went to quite a few doctors in South Africa and none of them were willing to take that risk until I met my current doctor and she was like, yes, let's do it. If we don't do it, then we'll never know. Um, And at the time you were incredibly ill. Yeah. I mean, this was the only option that you could see might work. Yeah. This was pretty much my last chance. They said to me they didn't know what else to do. We had tried every available treatment and it just wasn't holding. My body just was rejecting it all. And so my doctor said, let's go for it. And she found out all the costs and we put put together a fundraiser and we raised it in less than two weeks. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's what we reported on. <laughs> yeah. But we, uh, the video that went with the day that you found out <laughs> that you'd um, hit your target was, it's just incredibly heartwarming and it was emotional to see that you were going to get this, what could have been and was, now that we know, yeah. a life-saving operation. Yeah. It, it's still, like, it doesn't feel real that these people that didn't even know me wanted to help and... That I'm here and I'm healthy and, yeah, I'm living life. It's amazing. It's, uh, for me, it's just as incredible. Moving on, now you've gone a step further. So Rare Diseases South Africa, you're a part of and you work there and you do good things. But the Rare Bear Project is something that is growing exponentially. And it's very, very exciting to see. Yes, I absolutely love the Rare Bear Project. It's something that's so close to my heart. I've always been a bit of a granny with my crocheting. So I love being able to teach the ladies crocheting. And yeah, so what happens is the ladies of Kaya Sands, we've taught them how to crochet. Do you have a, t- do you have a team? Yeah, we have about 40 ladies. 40? Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just a little team. <laughs> and they were all just sitting at home before doing nothing. The husbands were the ones that were going out and working and they were staying at home looking after the children. So we've gone out there, we've taught them how to crochet, we've taught them seven different animals that are part of our range. And these ladies can now buy food, they can send their kids to school, they can buy clothes. It's just, it's the best feeling in the world. Once the rare bears are created, um, what do you do with them? It's, do, do, do I buy them? How does it work? So then they go onto our rare bear website and people can either donate one to a rare disease patient or they can buy one for themselves. Which is, I mean, that's the important thing is that you can donate, right? Yeah. So you can go onto the website and you can say, like, I've got 200 bucks here. I'm putting it on for someone. And then 
someone special sitting in a hospital room somewhere will get a bear delivered to them. Yeah. So any patient that's registered with rare diseases South Africa will get a rare bear donated to them. It's such a great project. I absolutely love it. And I'm so excited for South Africa and our listeners to hear about it as well and to see these beautiful creations that these ladies are making. If they want more information uh, about the Rare Bear Project, where do they go? So our website is www.rarebearproject.org or we have a Facebook page, Rare Bear Project, and Instagram as well. It's that easy. If any of our listeners are feeling a little bit off right now and they're not quite sure and the, the doctors are not quite sure and, um, and they need some support from Rare Diseases South Africa, where do they go? They can email patients at rarediseases.co.za or join our Facebook page. It's amazing. It's really, it's so helpful because you're getting input from other patients as well and you're never alone. You're never alone. Thank you, Megan. It's been great having you on the show. I wish you only good things. Thank you. That's it. Wishing you only good things. And for more good things, visit www.goodthingsguy.com. Okay? Love you. Bye.